With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Tony Anderson, and on this occasion I am joined by my close associate, Mr. Sean McGuigan. How the heck are you, Sean? I'm, uh, I'm very well, how are you? Um, a bit starstruck, a bit worried at the moment about... Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know why I'd be starstruck about talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've that, met you about 417 times I said the last time the last time I saw you I was using a plastic seahorse as a as a prop for large periods of the early hours of the morning after my wedding so um, don't know why I'd be starting I'll give up the person who's seen that <laughs> and you are probably wondering where your usual host for this is Mr. Craig Telfer Mr. Lower League but he has been roped in by the bright lights of the Europa Conference League and has abandoned Sean, leaving me to take the patented look at three games. But you do know what happens when the Bruce and Linda McMahon of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast (laughs) (laughs) get together. Tony, that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Like, Like, watch the highlights of the three games, uh, have the ability to talk for roughly 15 to 20 minutes that have nothing to do with lower league football, and can you name an incestuous couple? It sounds like you've just named an incestuous couple. I have. They, in June 2004, Sean, Bruce McMahon eloped to England, and this is unfortunate, with his 35-year-old daughter. There was no wedding attire or officiant, but the couple exchanged rings at Westminster Abbey and posed for foes. Um, so what happens is, I think he was ad- adopted at birth. Uh, and Linda met Bruce for the first time in 1990 and just instantly changed her name to McMahon and unfortunately began a sexual relationship with him in 1998. Um, Wait a minute. From there, like, what, like, so so they, they eloped to England? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. I think they were from the US. <clears throat> I'm only going by this small thing on weirdworm.com uh, when I... When I typed in the six most, fa- I just typed in most famous incestuous couples, 
Uh, and why, God bless why, internet. Why did they, they elope to Ireland as if like being incestuous is legal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the UK. <laughs> they should have eloped to Alloa for crying out loud. <laughs> um, but they, from there, they, they wanted to make their union official, despite Sean, the lack of papers, legality, or unfortunately, divorce from their prospective spouses. So this is the worst bit for me. So imagine you are married to someone. I just got married. So I'm imagining I'm married to Mandy. And then in a few years time, she fucks off with her dad uh, and leaves me. <laughs> Being cheated on by your wife's dad is low. A low feeling, I'm, I'm guessing. It's the one thing you don't want to happen. <laughs> it really is. Please have sex with anyone else, including your own brother. I think I'd prefer that. To, to to your dad, it's just it's just mind blowing why you would why they would do this. But they tried to hide it for a while, apparently. Uh, and the Bruce and Linda had a fallout, unfortunately. And Linda refused to lie for Bruce's divorce proceedings. Months of legal wrangling followed, and as always, the lawyers win. Your Ewan Taylors of this world, they win at the end of this incestuous party, um, and using. With each party using the other for everything from theft and extortion to defamation. So there you go. The story of Bruce and Linda McMahon. That was fascinating. Telford normally just mentions some names. I thought that I was go, fascinating. I, I need to uh, fill in the, some of the dead there when I can't really talk about East Fife later. But, mate, but so. you know something? It's, it, it was glad to get, and I'm glad that you, that you gave some context. And because, see, earlier today, so this has literally been going through my mind all day, and it's. It's about me just getting a line and having no context. So, like, I have to go into the office about like I have to go into the office at least two days a week because I normally go in uh, two at my four. So I went in today. There's somebody who sits a few banks of desks behind me, who works on a completely different team. So I like the only time I like I don't know her to speak to. One of those scenarios, I know her to mm-hmm, say good mm-hmm. morning, and that's it. So. Like she's she's quite a dramatic person. Like when she okay. comes in, she always has quite a dramatic story to tell our uh, to tell her colleagues. Which you know, something that's absolutely fine. But I so I started quite early, and I was walking back through at my desk at like five to nine, and she would she'd arrived in the process of me being away from my desk, and she had her jacket off, and she was telling one of her dramatic stories, but she was reaching the climax of the story, and the the final line of her story was, and I just said to him, well. You just sit there and eat your fucking garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> what? What have I missed? Like, I'd, I'd really like to know the build up to this story where that is a client. So, like, who? Like, where were you? Like, were you in the house? Were you? Were you at an Italian restaurant? Who have you fallen out with? Have you fallen out with your partner, your husband? Have you only been Italian restaurant? People eat garlic bread. That's very sorry. Have you fallen out with a fellow diner? Like. <laughs> Like, I'm never going to know. But then I thought to myself, you know something, I doubt even having context would make me enjoy that line anymore. So I, I, I'm never going to know. But it has, it's been bugging me all day. Like, what, what, like, give me more. Because the way she said it, it, it felt like the garlic, it felt like the, the fallout had something to do with the garlic. With the garlic. Yeah, yeah, mm. that was the main crux of the mm. argument. So, so uh, regardless, it's good that you've given me context to this, uh, to, to this couple. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, last week I listened to your pod and it was... Uh, what's her name with the pig from farm? Rebecca Luz. <laughs> this on the so at farm. Least, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wanked off the, the pig. And that was good. I knew that one straight away. 
the, the, the pig wasn't a family member. That, that wasn't a loose family member. That, that no, 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 that wasn't a dad. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> um, no, no, it, was, it wasn't. But um, in case you're wondering, everyone, this is um, sort of like what would... This, this podcast, it's a much-loved podcast, this version of our podcast, The Lower Leagues with Sean. And you're about to see what it would be like without the wit, the charm... <laughs> the knowledge <laughs> and one half of them enjoying doing it. So if, that, if you want to see what this, this version would be like with all that ripped out, well, strap in because, because you're here. Have you, see, before we even get to the little league stuff, have you recovered mm. from uh, Easter Road uh, last night? So we recorded God. on the Thursday. Uh, Hibs obviously lost 5-0 to uh, Aston Villa. Uh, last night, although according to John Collins, it was West Ham. Uh, he said that on the radio. Okay. West Ham, Burnley, who cares? They're all the bloody same. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it was a good laugh, Sean. Just uh, like because because uh, as I'm sure everyone's aware, I was uh, I was on my honeymoon and then I went to Switzerland to watch abandoned Hibs. your wife to go to the uh, the second uh, leg to, of the to Lucerne. Yeah, the, the which, was, which was incredible, which was incredible. We'll maybe have a chat about that in a second, but uh, it means that I've I've not actually been Easter Road this season. Uh, so and then. There's no. I'm I'm going to a wedding on Saturday, so I'm missing the Livingston game. So the only game before the 23rd of September that I'll have been to Easter Road this season is a Wednesday night at quarter to six to watch us play Aston Villa, uh, which is a bit bizarre. I knew we were going to get a, a thumping, Sean, because I was like, firstly, Emery obviously loves European football, so this is his. This is bread and butter. He'd, mm-hmm. He's not going to take it lightly. And the fact fucking John McGinn was there would mean he'd have them all buzzing for it. You know what I mean? They're not going to come down bored and play a shite Scottish team. Him buzzing about as the captain all day, making everyone get up to shut the fuck up, John McGinn. Make them, <laughs> let them, let them just don their down. And, and it was as, as much of a training match as you would have uh, expected. They absolutely strolled it. <laughs> when did you leave? Um, an hour. An hour. I even so stayed after the fourth goal, which is a really long time for me. I'd, I think I'd have, I think I'd have chucked it at halftime. I, I was going there, but I thought, like, well, let's see what, see what's next on. And then there was just a goal within like a minute, one, two passes, and Watkins had just rolled it into the net. Every goal they scored was from about a yard out because they were able just to come right up to the goal. <laughs> Guy chesting it in off it, but Sean, they can't. None of that can take away the trip to Switzerland because that was. One of my favourite experiences as a hip supporter, and uh, you can now follow that up with a with a with a, a, a fun trip to Birmingham. Yeah, I, I've got a ticket. I got a ticket. Thankfully, through uh, my friends, managed to get a t- two tickets through the club. I think, and there was the, I tried to get a ticket through the normal channels, and and I, and I failed. So then, all the people that were already booked to go down, he put us into his one-year-old son tricycle. So he opened up the lid, the, the seat of the tricycle and put us all as all our names in there. Like it was like a hat, if you like. And then he got his child to pick out the name. And that fucking lovely little Luca Grierson pulled it, pulled it my name. I was but when I was watching the video, he posted a minute and a half video of it. And a lot of it's him trying to get him to do it. And he wouldn't fucking do it for ages. And I was I was trying to walk into my office and I had an appointment. Fucking hurry up, you can hurry up. Let me see. I want to know if, I want to know if I'm going because I've booked my hotel and, I, and I'd already booked a train down. Um, and then the, the the young man's pulled out, so I think I owe that child a, a present. Did, possibly. Did you say? Did you say he put it in his trike? Tricycle, you know, like the little tricycles. I, I know what tricycle is, but how do you put like a loaded 
Well, you open the, the, the seat is like opens up. You can lift it up and then he put it in there. But obviously all the child wanted to do was get on the tricycle and play on it rather than uh, do his father's admin task. So, yeah. it, sounds like, uh, it sounds like something, it sounds like the way they would do like a cup draw like in the Highland League or something. <laughs> yeah, Rod Stewart <laughs> coming in and saying it's a one-year-old boy. Wait, the, uh, ones, the ones done one, the ones like pulled balls at a cement mixer. So why not a well, why not a child's tricycle? <laughs> there was that lot draw last year when they tried to make it well officially, and there was like millions and millions and millions, <laughs> and they were all coming out of like what looked like the packaging of a fountain pen, and like laying all the. <laughs> well, that was weird. Uh, that was weird, but yeah, he got me. So I'll get to go and see the Hibs again down south next week. Uh, hopefully, I won't. I cut my hand, Sean, when I was when I was in Switzerland. Unfortunately, Has I you mean, had up? other friends who couldn't stay stood up for any period of time and lost all their important documents. But uh, I, during the celebrations, I cut my wee hand, so I just had to go upstairs after once it calmed down. I bother and just go up to the what would be like the the pie stand equivalent in Switzerland. And just put my hand out and go, me sore, me sore. And then uh, the women had to clean up a middle-aged man. The women in a pie like, I thought you remember we went to like a first aid. No, I just went to the bit where they bought, like, they only had non-alcoholic beers, which I think was a very deliberate thing because they knew we were coming. Because you could see the beers that were on the thing. And then it was like, no, no, just non-alcoholic. I still bought a few because just went in Rome. Just literally just went through it anyway. Get the the thingy effect, which I which I enjoyed, um, but uh, yeah, she she cleaned it all up for me. That was nice of her. Did she have uh, Did she have the Swiss equivalent of germline? I think so. She put Good. something on it, cleaned it up for me, and put a wee plaster on it. Then I went to the toilet, and there was a boy being retching in the in the sink, and everyone else in the toilet was just silent. It was like <laughs> he's like, you're trying to take a piss here, and it's like, oh, this boy is in such a such a bad way, but there was no talking. Like, poor man, poor man. But somehow he got in. He got in. So, 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 it was good. Class. Thousand people in there. It was. It was. It was absolutely brilliant. They had us in a wee plastic cage in the corner, which made it all the better. Um, Abandoning your new wife on her honeymoon to do that—fantastic. Well, what can you do? She got home safe and sound. Nobody has to worry about it. We spent fifteen wonderful days together, traveling Italy, eating our way around Italy, being cultural, occasionally touching each other. It was—it was a—it was, was a wonderful time, Sean. Um, and, and then you went to Switzerland, uh, got covered in blood, and listened to a guy retching. Yeah, what can you do? What can you do, Sean? Well, what you can do is possibly stop talking about trips. Seahorses, important documents, blood, and Telfer going to Europa Conference to see the Jambos get absolutely thumped. And we could talk about mainly Cinch League One, I think it's for us this evening. We, we've had to, very much had to uh, kind of stock up on, on League One games. There's only one uh, championship game, and it was Queen's Park. Our broth, which we'd... We talked about Queen's Park at length last week, didn't you? Ah, we talked about Queen's Park Arbroath the week before and they had a kind of reverse fixture. They dragged it forward because they were both out of the Viaplay Cup, which made sense, but then they really want to talk about them again. No, so we went to basically the top of League One. Um, first of Sean, we're going to be talking about um, Edinburgh City against um, Hamilton Academicals and then also Falkirk and Stirling Albion. So first, I just wanted to obviously the, the, the Ackies and Falkirk are the two front runners. At the moment, after the first three games, do you first do you think that's going to be the case for the season going forward? 
Uh, I, I do actually. I suspect that looking at the two of them, I, I, I think there might be within League One, there might be, I was going to say two leagues actually, but that's that probably won't be the case because I do think there's probably a drop off between Falkirk and Hamilton and then the rest. And I, I think there might be a couple of teams that end up uh, marooned at the bottom end. But no, as much as a th- as much as Cove might be okay, as much as Queen of South might be okay, uh, I, I, I just think Falkirk and Hamilton have got far too much quality for for the rest of the league. And I, I think they can, I think they can end up winning a huge amount of games between them, and and maybe the the, the four games between the two of them will go a, a huge way to to decide the title. But based on what I've seen so far, I they, they look they've got more far more quality than anybody else. And what about just just obviously because Queen of the South are third in there and they've won two of their opening three games, <clears> so you think it'll be their top two and then Queen of the South and the rest below them and for those playoff ones. Uh, or is I mean, Queen of the South not that great. I mean, I'm I'm made you asking because I'm a Marvin Bartley man and I'm and I'm wondering. So they squad wise, I don't see them being anywhere near as good as as Falkirk and Hamilton. And as much as they've uh, kind of had two come from behind wins the the last two weekends, and. To be fair, against Annan, aye, there were a goal down, a, a, a very funny own goal from uh, F.A. Ambrose, but 3-1 was, didn't uh, kind of illustrate how on top Queen of South were. On another day, they could have scored five or six. However, I think Annan are going to be out of out their depth in, in that division. And I think with Queen of South coming against better teams, they'll pull their far more difficult afternoons. Uh, and certainly more difficult afternoons than, than Falkirk and Hamilton will do. I think they'll be in the, 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 the playoff consideration, absolutely. But no, I'll go with uh, Hamilton and Falkirk. Right, so like, I watched the... So we got really, really... Extensive got a lot of highlights. highlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, see, you, you know, it was a, a very, very hard uh, night at uh, Easter Road and you were stepping in for, for Craig Telford at, at quite uh, late notice. See when I realised that the highlights for Edinburgh versus Hamilton lasted sixty minutes, I was like, I don't know if I don't know if Tony's going to be very happy with this. Well, <laughs> yeah. certainly the way they put them across, it looked like a fucking good game. It looked like a very enjoyable game. There was even in the first in the first half, I was like, uh, it was like the first half was the last ten minutes of a match. There was so much desperate and last ditch defending from both teams. But I mean, going by the highlights, Sean. You know, maybe a bit unfair on Edinburgh City. So it's weird because see, up until see at one nil, which pulls me about thirteen minutes in the highlights. <laughs> at one nil, I thought it probably been a reasonably, uh, reasonably even game. Edinburgh had chances. I mean, I mean, at one point, Danny Handling was right through with just Jamie Smith and the Hamilton goals to to beat. And after his, over basically, <laughs> somehow on his third touch, he was on his arse, and the ball was five yards behind him. And I don't know, I don't know how he managed to achieve that. But they also had a couple of chances where the ball broke, like to the edge of the box. Yeah, yeah. But the, Shanley but it, was in on the goal a few yeah, times as well. Yep, uh, and they kind of shanked, uh, kind of shanked the finish. <clears throat> so they definitely had chances in that first half. However, what I would say is, I think when Ryan Oni came on, and, and certainly when Hamilton went two up. They then made it three, and I know honestly by the time it got to to field, and I know Edinburgh were eventually down to ten men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that by the end of the game, Hamilton maybe could have won by a wee bit more. It was, mm-hmm. it was a weird game. It was weird for for mm-hmm. an hour. It, it felt very even. After that, Hamilton could have won by more. 
Do we think, like, I mean, just to talk about <clears throat> Edinburgh City for for a, a little minute, how important is Offord going to be to them? Because he looked like everything was going through him. He looked really direct. He's on loan from St Mirren. I think a lot's expected of him. Um, how big how big an impact is he going to have on Edinburgh City maybe managing to stay in this league, if at all, if you think that's possible? Uh, I think he... I think he's going to be vital, but I think he's going to have to do more like in terms of his end product. I think he's going to have mm. to do more. So I, I used to watch him last season during his loan spell. Uh, I think he was at Alloa, off the top of my head. And I, I used to think he came across well in the, the highlights. I can't remember off the top of my head how many goals and assists he had, though. And I think it's all very well coming across quite well in an eight-minutes highlights package or a 10-minutes highlights mm-hmm. package. But you delivering an end product at the end of it, rather than having like beating a couple of men. So I've never seen I've never seen him in ninety minutes. So I don't know how much of a is he a highlights player? He's got. Ah, yeah, is yeah. he a highlights player? Or is he somebody that really does well over a, a ninety minute period? However, I think in terms of this Edinburgh City team, he's going to have to produce because I think they are they're so much weaker than last season. And bear in mind their squad. Like I thought their starting eleven certainly was good last season. And they lasted the pace for about, say, six months and then dipped over the last five months or, or four months. But their squad looks a lot weaker and they're already struggling. And I, I'm not too sure about them. So you're right, he looked good over the piece of these highlights. But he's going to have to start delivering that, a, a better final ball and a better quality of finish, as is the whole team. So because Alan Mabry was was interviewed afterwards and he felt that they'd done very well over the piece. I'm I'm not quite so sure about that. But I suppose for an hour they matched one of the the, the, the best teams in the league, yeah. For the division. Yes. So you're gonna you're gonna cling to the positives. Uh but the, the they've started the season really poorly and I I think it's gonna be a long season for them. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They've got the they've got the wee the wee ultras in the corner. They were making a lot of noise. I've always the Edinburgh City. They, they've got a wee band of followers. So I've been at a couple of their their games, uh, and it's quite. I like it. You know, I know a lot of this ultra stuff. For Scottish football annoys some people. I had mates yesterday who only got a ticket at the last minute who went to, who were in the what's been moved at the ultra section behind the goal at Easter Road in the famous five. Because obviously the season tickets, <clears throat> they're trying to get moved there in general. Uh-huh. 
but they've they, they've been able to go there for the European games and they've been sold tickets specifically in that area. <laughs> one of the a boy I know bought a ticket there and he had a spare one. So one of my other mates got them and they said it was hellish because they were getting shit for teenagers. <laughs> they were getting bullied by teenagers because they weren't singing. <laughs> like they were, and one of them was moaning because the flag was just right in front of their face so they couldn't see any of the game. And they were being, so they said they felt like sort of like granddad's at uh, Ariana Grande concert just <laughs> clapping along because <laughs> they had to because they were being forced into it and they were giving everyone shit at half time for leaving but people weren't even leaving they were just going to the toilet it's half time people go and do shit at half time but I must say I do like it and the ones at Edinburgh City um, they look like they they they, they, they try their best because they've probably got the in terms of being ultra singing section the single most difficult job the hiding to nothing uh, in that stadium to <laughs> to try and get some sort of atmosphere going. I uh, I think it's class. I think there's probably a similar uh, a, a probably similar similar level of ultra influence at Edinburgh and maybe Annan and Bonnyrigg. Uh, I remember remember it might have been the, the first or second series of the uh, a Viewfi Terrace. They kind of done a feature on the the Dumbarton fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That were all like they look like they were kind of like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 kind of thing. Listen, they all do a kind of sterling job. Uh, I, I think it's probably easier to stay out the road of them in some place like Edinburgh or Bonnerig <laughs> or Anna. Like if a flag's in your face, just move five feet to your left. So it's a wee bit easier. Uh, but listen, fair play to them; they're doing their utmost. I, I know. Well, it was a kind of similar thing at, at, at Starts Park where it's like. They had a singing section up the back, and they've got. It's not that they necessarily had flags and stuff, but they have a drum, and they all try and they all try and stick together. So they're all mm-hmm. they all stand up, so they kind of cram in. So there's too mm-hmm. many people than there is than there should be to a row, and they might be kind of running up and doing because they're just they're just kids, and that kind of pisses people off. So then there was the suggestion that they all go in the the railway stand. It starts back, and that's not really quite taken off yet, but. No, listen, if there's, whether they're youngsters or whatever, the fact that they're trying to back their team, yes. Sometimes where they're, it, where they're trying to locate them can be an issue, but it's a good thing, regardless. But you need you need the kids to be inspired to want to come along, because this is the reason when you talk about kids getting into Rangers and Celtic and that being a problem coming all over. So the thing that gets them into other clubs is the ability to go along and have a fucking laugh. Mm-hmm. And that is from... The fourteen-year-olds that you're talking about, and then the teenagers who they'll be doing naughty stuff. I know they will. Everyone knows they might have a flare. There might be cues for the toilets, and they're doing bad stuff. I get it. I get it. But it's important these kids get to have a good time because that's the whole point, and that's what will keep the what keeps the fucking the world turning on its axis for the for Scottish football to go along. So even though it can be a wee bit nippy, and they do normally annoying stuff, and some of them they'll be wee dickheads. They are. It's very important to nurture them and make sure they feel that they have got room to mm-hmm. to have a good time. So it was interesting in terms of they they done Rovers done a trial with the the singing section that I thought was was pretty interesting where they put them in the railway stand. So the Rovers have got kind of like maybe a portion of the railway stand that's that's available to to to, to sit in. And part of the kind of negative comments about it was because you put the three or four hundred people that actually will sing away across the other end of the stadium, there wasn't much of an atmosphere behind the goals. Yeah, yeah. But to me, okay, that's I, I get why people might think that's that's a bit a, a, a negative. 
but it looked to me, everything that I've seen in terms of footage, in terms of pictures, it looked like every single young person in that stand was having an absolutely brilliant afternoon. And yeah. that's what you want, because then mm-hmm. they're convincing their pals to come along. So rather mm-hmm. than having 300, you've got 400. Maybe the week after that, you've got 500. And then if they're having a great time, then they just want to keep coming back and, and support back and properly back support Wraith Rovers. So it's so part of their blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. no, I, I thought it was a good thing, and, and hopefully, it, hopefully that continues. And ultimately, you want that. You want that at every club. You want you, you want these young guys, whether they're getting on some people's nerves or whatever, to, to have a good time and encourage other, other pals and other people to come along. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. And I looked at it and I said, it looks like a tough job they have at Edinburgh City to do that. So very much power to them. But um, Sean, Hamlin Academicals, three wins. John Rankin, I think they've got six goals, zero conceded. Um, did you expect, I'm, I'll be honest, I've not had a chance to listen to the six-hour bonanza yet. You should. Uh, you should. I, I, don't, I do not worry. I, I, I shall be listening. It's just that, I didn't know on my honeymoon I was able to maybe get a few times on the beach where I could listen to a podcast, but I don't think there was a six-hour window where I could uh, <laughs> completely ignore ignore Mandy. But that 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 changes now. We've got a lifetime together, so I'll have twenty-four hours to ignore her, so I can do it all now. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll listen to it very soon. So I don't know what what would your thinks about? I'm sorry if I'm covering old ground. The people are like I fucking know exactly, Sean. But did you expect them to come down and have it like such their own way? Uh, I have been quite impressed by them and I think they've got to answer your question did I expect them to to win their first three games 100% record probably not and certainly not in the way that they've they've went about it so far I think they've got a far better squad than what they had last season I think they have it's annoying when the teams do this as a Hibs fan I know this very well when they get relegated, they suddenly <laughs> everyone all hands on deck, and they start signing. The signing seem to be better, and they go for better ones, and the whole club seems to work better. Like, could we not have done this last season? <laughs> and, and everything would be because, like, when Hips got relegated, they fucking signed McGeeock and McGinn and Allen, and all that type, built that brilliant team. Like, why don't we just fucking do that last season? Why does it have to take this? Why does it have to take the the get into the doldrums to get everyone in the action and, and react? But it, it seems quite a common place. I do think Hamilton have done a slightly down market version of that. And you know, so see, if you see a couple of weeks ago, I, probably would, I might have said that Hamilton have a squad that could probably hold a candle to Falkirk's. Uh, however, we're going to come on to the Falkirk game. And I'm, I'm not quite so sure. And I'm still, and I know I said this last season, I remember saying that I thought that Falkirk and their squad were reasonably reasonable level I thought maybe in terms of quality maybe Falkirk had a, a, a wee bit more quality and I, I wasn't sure but I certainly thought that McGlynn was probably a better manager than McPeak I would say based on last season that that was wrong uh, I, I do think that I am still unconvinced by Rankin as as Hamilton's manager and I, I think McGlynn might have uh, a few more aces up his sleeve I know we're going to come to Falkirk uh, shortly I still think they've got quality, though. What I would say is, as much as winning 3-0 away from home against Edinburgh, albeit I think Edinburgh are one of the weaker teams in the, in, in the division, it's still an impressive result. I think they have quality off the bench, like Oni came off the bench, uh, I, Connor Murray come off the bench. They both uh, they, scored, they, didn't they? And they, they both scored, which, uh, which augurs well. Uh, I thought Jamie Burjonas had a very good game. I, I, I thought the, the commentator had a very interesting way 
he, he kept pronouncing it Barjonas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's I how it should be pronounced. Aye, yeah. I know maybe, maybe I should say Barjonas. Uh, like, I thought he was good. Barjonas. But the, the fact they have like Scott Martin in front of that back four, I think Lee Kildy is an excellent signing. Regan Tumulty, I think, is a good right back. Uh, Jackson Longridge. Like they have, I think they have a good squad. Uh, Dylan Tate, for example, I think yeah. is, is very good sitting in behind the, the, the strikers. I think there is there is enough there certainly to pose a, a credible challenge at the top of the table this season. And I think it is going to be like really, really exciting League One this season. I wasn't entirely sure it was going to be. I thought Falkirk, if they played well, would win it convincingly. But based on Hamilton's start to the season and how they've recruited, I think it could be a wee bit tighter than I than I expected it. Because obviously you're talking about John Rankin, it could be what a, what a start to your managerial career. If he manages to obviously win the league here or, or, or get up to the playoffs or whatever, he'd have a cup win, a relegation and a promotion. <laughs> in your first like two years in management. Um, but that would really, I know you were saying you're, you're not fully convinced by ranking as, as the Aki's manager, but if we get to that stage in the future, what an experience is to have as a football manager so quickly. You would think that would really set him in brilliant stead going forward, uh, especially emotionally uh, when, when he gets in situations at other, man, at other, other clubs because he'll have essentially had like some managers full careers in in a, in a two-year spell. No, no, you're right. You're right, but I, I, I am still, I'm still to be convinced that Hamilton are going to go up this season. But if even if they have a good season, uh, if they if they just finish behind Falkirk, if they listen, if they manage to go up via the playoffs, even fair play, then that's uh, that's probably maybe more than I would expect them to to do with with him in charge. Because I'm, I, I'll say it again, I'm unconvinced by him. Well, if you're unconvinced by him, would there be a lot of you need a lot of convincing for Falkirk because they must be getting frightened. If you're a Falkirk fan and you've been going through this all these years and you've been listening to our friend Craig Telfer rub it in your face at every single opportunity, and you're thinking, Ackies, they're a bloody joke. They're falling down the league. They do fucking mental stuff all the time. Finally, we're gonna have our clear route to go, but oh, all of a sudden, no one can score against Ackies. They scored every week and they win every single game with a completely perfect record. How worrying do you think Falkirk fans will be in regard to that? Uh, see, after Tuesday night, I don't know if they'll be totally worried by it. I, I do think there was concern going into Tuesday night. As ridiculous as that, as that felt, bear in mind they'd only played two games so Hamilton were on, after Saturday, Hamilton were sitting on nine points. Falkirk were on four. They were at home to Stirling Albion on Tuesday. But there was comments about how this felt like a must-win game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, there's, there's, there's still 33 <laughs> games to go, like, even, yeah. if, even if you don't win this one. but I, 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 I totally got playoffs is another option to get, <laughs> getting up as well. Like, to a degree, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Because, like, the, like, they're always the favourites to win this league. But, but that's the issue, don't you? Because you, because of what's happened, and because of the history of the last four or five years, you'll always everything feels on a knife edge all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything's a panic. Your, your your nerves are always shredded because nothing's really working for you, yeah. and you've and you've had so many different avenues mm-hmm. that you fucked up. That that breeds that sort of um, over the topness. Oh, like, totally. Just, yeah. Like knee jerk in terms of yeah. uh, a poor result. Knee jerk in terms of a a, a very good result. And I, but I, I did think that Tuesday, in terms of 
in terms of performances, looked very good. And I, like, I know we've we've been complimentary about Stirling Albion in terms of how they started the season, not just the League Cup, the the League campaign as well. That they had two wins, narrow wins over Edinburgh and Alloa, who I do think will be two of the poorer teams. But regardless, <laughs> they still got wins over them. However, that was like that first half on Tuesday during that three 0 win. Uh, total dominance, and I think there's been. I mean, there's been so many, uh, so many things thrown at Falkirk and thrown at, at John McGlynn in terms of his style of play. It's one-dimensional. It can be, and last season it was for for large portions of the season. It could be slow. It was ponderous. It was probably concentrated uh, through the centre of the park. Didn't really provide much. You know, Callum Morrison did. But maybe Kai Kennedy didn't on the opposite side. Uh, in terms of up front, probably didn't deliver enough. They were porous at the back. However, I, I do think, albeit over a, a small sample size, they didn't respond well to adversity last season. That was clear. But they managed to get that 94th minute equaliser or whatever it was against Cove Rangers. Don't know if they would have done that last season, last week. Uh, very rarely started games well previously. But I mean, against Stirling Albion, they were three 0 up at half time. Could have been more. Could have been four or five. So, aye, that bodes well. And in terms of a different style of play, I think they probably have that this season. Uh, I, I know. I had a look at their crosses, like John McGlynn, and you, you go back to when he was at, at Rafe Rovers. Everything was quite through the middle, rather than the, rather than the ball going out wide. But like Falkirk last season were kind of middle of the table in terms of deliveries into the box. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of crosses uh, below Dunfermline by the end of the season. Already this year, they're, they're miles ahead in terms of how many crosses they're getting in the box. But that's because they now have the players that can that can thrive on that kind of delivery. So I think there is something different about Falkirk this season. Listen, whether it's enough to, to, to win the title, we'll see. But there's... I, I think I would still say I'd be surprised if they didn't win the league. You you mentioned the crossing in the box. Calvin Miller's cross was absolutely superb for Ross McIver's header. Sean, I wanted to talk to you about Ross McIver because he's had a pretty eventful start to the season. I think he's already got five goals, in, including the League Cup. But I, I, please correct me if I'm wrong, but... He scored fuck all before this, really, hasn't he? And he's kidding. I think it might be one shot of his total from last season already. It's either one or two. I'm not sure. Because he played like he played well lots of games for Alloa last mm-hmm. season, and he only got six goals. And then Falkirk are a bigger club than than Alloa, so he's kind of fallen fallen upwards there. Um, were were you surprised to see him? Uh, so I, so I, I didn't see that signing coming, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect it to be a success based on what I've seen from him so far. But then when you look at, analyse how he played for Alloa last season, he'd done a lot of things that he's doing very well at Falkirk this season, last season as well. However, a lot of the things he's doing very well for Falkirk, he was doing 30 yards deeper for Alloa. So he's uh-huh. maybe winning possession and he was winning headers. But the... The midfielders that were forwards that were that were behind him weren't close enough to him, or he was doing it forty-five yards, fifty yards for goal. Whereas this season, Falkirk obviously spent more time in the opponent's penalty box, mm. 
the the three behind him are very much closer to him. And McGlynn recognises that he's excellent in the air, which he is. So the fact that they're now chucking crosses into the box so much mm-hmm. more than they did last season is ideal for him. And that, uh, was it a third goal? Yeah. Was it a third goal? Yeah. Third the goal. header, yeah. Oh, the header was class. I mean, Calvin yeah, Miller's I'm delivery the, from the The most the, satisfying the goal I've seen. So good, so satisfying. So aesthetically yeah. pleasing. He's, he just flings his entire body through the air, meets it perfectly with his forehead. It's just a class, class goal. And he will be... I mean... I think McGlynn's done very well in the transfer market this season. So every that's, single... that's, as I said, because I, I'm, I'm asking you, because as a novice at this level, I'm purely, I was looking and I was doing a bit of research on him when I saw it go, I knew the name from last season. So me, I'm looking at that, that looks weird. That doesn't really add up in terms of when you look at his stats, how's he ended up at Falkirk going for the team, going for the league is, is the main centre forward. But that means McGlynn deserves if he's called it, and it looks like he has, and the way you're describing it, that's really, really good management and, and good and, and a good pickup for Falkirk there. Aye, McGlynn's done very well, and and it is the a, a greater quality in terms of the players round about him because mm. so certainly on Saturday you had uh, now there's an argument about whether it's McIver or McKeever. Incidentally, I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain. Let's go with McIver because you've said McIver. Okay. Okay. Uh, him, but behind him, like Aguiman has started the season excellently. Calvin Miller, I think, has been a great sign in. Uh, we know how good Callum Morrison is because yeah, he yeah. season after season scores goals uh, and creates goals. But then, even behind them, Brad Spencer has been an excellent sign, as we knew he would. Got his first goal for Falkirk, is that right? Got his, his first, first goal. goal. Got his first yeah. goal on Tuesday. Tom Lang. It was a nice little goal. It was, uh, didn't look like a guy. Didn't look like a defensive midfielder because he properly stepped into it and then it was a nice well, little shuffle and he slotted it. But I, I'm not sure if it was a, a, a nice shuffle. So he, I, I thought Aguiman done really well. In terms of his awareness, Aguiman kind of gathered in, I think he gathered, gathered in the throw-in and then he spotted the run for Spencer, picked him out. Then Spencer literally ran into a circle of five Sterling Albion defenders but managed to evade them by doing nothing. Like, you just seem to run in a straight line. Like, and then, you know, if, like, somebody's walking towards you in a supermarket, you just step aside. Like, it was like the Southern Albion defender just stepped aside for him. So, he basically just run in a straight line. But regardless, it was a, it was a good finish. But it's the fact that so many of McGlynn's signings uh, across the summer have been an upgrade on what he had last season. And they, they look all the stronger for it. And, and even as much as Falkirk were dominant, uh, like Sam Long, the goalkeeper, had a, a double save in the, in the first half. Both what a save the first good. one is. Very the good. first one is, oh, <clears throat> the reactions are mental. And then, yeah, the second one, just because you've seen the first one, you don't give the second one as much credit because mm-hmm. the first one, because it's just pure reactional, it just looks really cool. But mm-hmm. then when you see the second one in the slow-mo, that's like, it's a really, really ah. like good save. Yeah, totally. And, and all of the, so everything seems to be, there just seems to be something at Falkirk this season which feels slightly different from seasons past. And as we've, you mentioned the, you mentioned the ultras at, at, at Edinburgh. They've started at Falkirk as well, so they had. I mean, the, the official attendance, whether it, like, does an argument accounts everybody that's bought a season ticket, they maybe didn't turn up. But the official attendance for Tuesday night for a game against Stirling Albion and Stirling Albion, in fairness, brought a, a good support. Don't get me wrong. There was over 4,000 there on, on Tuesday night. But apparently the atmosphere was absolutely excellent. And mm. that was uh, generated by 
this ultra group that they've that they've started. And what I'm starting to think about this season's Falkirk team is I think it's reminiscent to last season's Dunfermline team. So there seems to be a better rapport between fans, the club and the players in general, which was... It took a really long time for you to accept Dunfermline were good last season though, Sean. A very long time. Uh, they were stodgy. <laughs> the ground, the ground results, but, but the ground, they, they, listen, they, they've done very well. They, I think they lost one game or whatever all season. Uh, but I, I think there's, uh, I think there's parallels to what Falkirk are doing tentatively this season and what Dunfermline done uh, last term. You think they've got a bit, probably a bit more attacking quality, Falkirk, uh, a bit more pizzazz than that Dunfermline team last season as well. Yes, I probably, but at the same time, I don't think they're anywhere near as good defensively. Yeah, no, yeah, that'd be impossible. It was like fucking early noughties Chelsea at Dunfermline last season. Um, Sterling Albion, I mean, Dan Young, as you said, they got off to the season with, with a flyer, but they were playing sort of the weaker teams in the league. Is there anything you saw there that you think would be worrying going forward? Or do you think um, nothing to write home about? You'll just take your medicine getting thumped at one of the best teams in the league? I wasn't, I wasn't overly surprised at what I thought by them. I was... Uh, what I saw by them, sorry. I, to be fair, maybe I was a wee bit surprised at how dominant the that focus performance was, considering how good still now we start this season was. The the, the worry going forward from Stirling Albion, if you, if you're going to talk about any, is they are very much a club for me that is greater than the sum of their parts, and mm. Dan Young has done that consistently at East Fife. And he seems to be doing it against at, at Stirling Albion. That's obviously a positive. I, I still feel, and I mentioned it in the 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 preview podcast, that I feel they'll be similar to Edinburgh. So you like Edinburgh came up from League Two unexpectedly, seemed to harness that that positivity and momentum from League Two in terms of their start to the season, but they also augmented that side from League Two to League One. Stirling Albion haven't really made too many signings. I think they have good players there and I think they're well coached. I think every single one of them knows what they have to do. I think they're well drilled. I think they have quality up front in terms of players like Dale Carrick, for example. I like mm-hmm. Lewis Milne that they've brought in from Montrose. Montrose maybe should have kept them, but regardless, I think there is a, there's a decent starting 11 there, but maybe no more than that. Uh, and I think in terms of Tuesday night, like Adam Cummins started at right back. He's he's a centre half. Uh, I think Aaron Dunsmore would have started there if he was fit. And you saw the difference. Like Cummins had a really, really difficult night. And already you can see, right, if one of those players maybe isn't available, then still an album become a, a, a slightly poorer side. And at, at slim margins in terms of still an album, in terms of whether they are going to win games or get a draw or, or, or whatever. Like I, I doubt they're going to turn up at some place and win 3-0. I think everything's going to be very, very tight. I, I think they'll be absolutely fine. I, I think it could do with a couple of lone players. But regardless, listen, if they turn up at Falkirk and losing 3-0, that's hardly the end of the world. Stunner mm-hmm. was intentions this season is to have, if they can finish mid-table, they'll have had a great season. And I think that's achievable, but it'll be difficult. Well, after talking about what I felt were, were two really good games with a bit of quality in them, let's go to East Fife, where it looked turgid. Um, 
Not a good game of football, Craig Telford told me. The ball was just lumped from back to front, kicked into channels for hapless forwards to chase onto, and not much happened beyond the highlights. And, and Sean, neither of these teams have really started the season well at all, have they? Uh, I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think, I, I tell you what I would say. I, these five not get absolutely slaughtered by Peter Head on the opening day. I mean, these five are both in the league. I think that this season there is uh, a wee bit like last season there is nobody that is a clear favourite to win the league and he, but what is interesting this season is that I think every single team that we maybe thought had a chance have got glaring deficiencies and, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably go through that at some point but in terms of Steny they just have a tiny squad like it's tiny I think they, they had three or four subs <laughs> Uh, the weekend, and I know, <laughs> yeah, four. Uh, and I know that, like, somebody will say, Ah, well, I, th- I think you'll find Liverpool once won the first division with just like 13 players or something. <laughs> aye, I mean, none of Liverpool's players were not Weatherburn. <laughs> like, He's just, not going to be able to do the whole season in centre mid, surely. It, it just doesn't happen. Uh, however, I, I, I do think, in terms of Forfar, they haven't started the season very well, and we thought they could win the league. Uh, East Fife are bottom of the league we thought they could have been challengers uh, Dumbarton haven't been particularly great they might have been the pre-season favourites they had a very good 45 minutes against Forfa uh, when they turned their game around on Saturday it's the only time they've looked this season that they are decent so Steny I still think Steny have uh, have a chance this season and I, I thought they as much as these five put them under pressure at spells on Saturday, I thought Steny deserved their 2 0 win. And I still I thought I still think Steny might have a decent season. But they my goodness need reinforcements. That's what I would say. I was I've always whenever I hear Telfer talking or or I talk to myself, it's like how good Darren Jameson is and how big a, an upgrade he is in goals over what he's had the last couple of years. But it was just funny because I watched the first the first thing I saw in the highlights was him. Completely flapping, doing the most unusual, like the unusual dealing with a corner. When he saw, he didn't even like flap it. He sort of swiped at it like, um, like an axe. Like you would do the like the actions you would do if you were trying to chop. You were trying to chop a log, and he just like hammered down on the ball. Like, okay, what's the other goal he's been doing then? (laughs) You're right because like he, uh, what was it? My Sunday or Monday. We discussed what games we were going to talk about in the podcast, and he said, "Oh, by the way, absolutely great to have a class goalkeeper like Dan Jameson. Best of all in years." I was like, "Aye, I absolutely, I, I totally agree. Best, best goalie in the league." And I was like, "You maybe should have signed uh, some decent goalkeepers, like in two or three years, rather than waiting until now." And then, like, literally, you're right. The first thing you done in the, in the highlights, I was like, "My goodness, that's rubbish." <laughs> however, <laughs> he had a great game better. outside he, of that. I yeah, did get yeah. better. He had a very, very good game. But what do you know about goalkeepers, Sean? You you think Alan Fleming is a shit goalkeeper, uh, but he was very good in this game and made some great saves. So I think you should think about that sometimes before you open your gob. I I don't know if a I was channel winner Gig Delfer right there. <laughs> I, I don't know if I said Alan Fleming is shit. However, I, I I don't think he's one of the better goalkeepers in League Two. So I suppose when you I, put that in context. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm suggesting he's one of the poorer goalkeepers in the SPFL, but 
Yeah, you're I, paying I, one of the best goalkeepers in the country. Yes, <laughs> I, I think he is. And honestly, I think in the, in the in terms of the top forty-two teams in this country, I'm not sure that Alan Fleming is one of the better goalkeepers. I certainly have him in the the bottom five. Okay, I mean, I, I I have absolutely no basis to argue with you. I just got told, um, tell him to think about that before he opens his gob. So I just oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this is this? Have you that, been that's sent- directly from Craig Dale for you? <laughs> we listen. That was uh, that was something that stemmed from the the preview podcast. Telford disagrees. I I think he was a, a real weak link in seasons gone by for. Uh, uh, Montrose, and I am not sure he, he's particularly good. But regardless, he, he seems to have uh, he, he's playing for the team that's bottom of uh, League Two. Uh, so there you go. Okay. <laughs> but then um, just back to back to Jameson and, and the centre halves at Stenhousemuir. They they seem to be they're a real upgrade, and they're they sort of like maybe building from the back Stenhousemuir, and that's where their strengths will be. And uh, the they got a header that, that was for the goal that was and he's four, Buchanan's four hundredth. Appearance in the SPFL, so I suppose you have to say a, f- a good old fair play there, Sean. Ah, that was nice. You know, something to, to get a goal on his his four hundredth appearance. Now he, I'm going to say now he came to Stenny uh, and was it Crichton? They went to Dumbarton. And I think the feeling was that there was a kind of like for like swap almost. Ah, I, I'm not so sure. I, I think Buchanan. I've always quite liked Buchanan. I, I, I think. Aye, he's probably coming to the to the end of his career now, but I still think he is a a really good uh, league two centre half. Not fancy, he's not a football player, but he can defend, and I think Nicky Jameson can defend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was interesting in terms of the so I watched these five highlights, and they spoke about the fact that they felt that Steny were quite a physical team, quite a strong physical team. I, I've not seen enough of them so far to know that that's the case. What I would say is, see in terms of his header at that corner, it was quite a packed penalty box. So there was a lot of these five players in that box. There was a lot of Steny players in that box. There appeared to be a massive difference in terms of in terms of stature, in terms of height, in terms of mm-hmm. width. So I, I can <laughs> understand I can understand Steny potentially whether they did. I mean, like these five highlights were whatever it was eight minutes. But I, I kind of felt physically that, that Steny looked a, a, a good bit stronger and certainly taller than Denise Fife. I understand if they were if they were struggling at set pieces. But but I a good listen, if you if you're celebrating your four hundredth game then it's class to celebrate with a goal. Absolutely. But I mean to, to to look at East Fife, I mean they tried to get Jack Healy into the game a lot. He likes to come in from the left onto his right foot and curling cross, but like it looked a bit one dimensional that they were they were just doing that frequently and then they had, but all Stenny had to do was sort of double up on them with, with Meekin and Taylor um, and to, 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 to get the points in and then they've got Nathan Austin who obviously is a name that you like someone like me is very aware of but he looked poor and it sounds like he's had a poor time of it recently and he blay he is, 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 his miss was, was appalling uh, it might be the worst miss I've seen this season uh, mm, so it was, far and then, like Telford was telling me that he was doing a lot of fucking moaning, screaming at his teammates, just didn't look like a particularly happy man, and he's maybe not being used in the way that he would he would want to be. See, that's so great. And the thing about Nathan Austin is he's, I mean, he had his first spell at East Fife, and he was brilliant. He had a very very short spell at East Fife, where I think he went on loan. It was a weird 
set of circumstances where he went on loan. Was it because it was during COVID that the SPFL continued, but the loan league maybe didn't? I can't remember how that worked. It was probably like a couple of games. But again, he scored like a few goals. And I, I, I remember at the time saying he can make a massive difference to these five this season. He's went back for a third spell, his hometown team, a team that as far as I'm aware he supports. And he scored a hat-trick against Elgin in the in the League Cup. And I was like, right, he is ready to kick on again after a, a dis- disappointing one or two one or two seasons at, at Kelty. It's, it's not really went not really went to, to plan uh, during the last uh, season or two. But that miss was that miss was horrendous. I mean, he was mm, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe two yards out, uh, and he seemed to just a weird. He, I, I think the commentator tried to stick up for him by saying, "Oh, I think he slipped." Oh, oh I don't think he did. It was no, just it was just horrendous. Perfectly good contact on the ball. Yeah, he put it over the bar from from yeah. two yards. Remarkable. I I, just, I, I I still think that East Fife have the basis of a good team there, but I I do worry about about how young they are. They, I know they've brought in Brian Eason, who sits in sits at the kind of middle of the back four. I know they've got Alan Troughton, who sits in the middle of the midfield. It's a bit slow these days, though. I was just about to say, it, it seems very, very easy to play in behind that, that East Fife team. And that, that concerns me. So as much as I think they'll, they'll get themselves away from the bottom end of the table, uh, I, I'm not sure about them challenging at the top end. Like Alex Ferguson... I spoke with Charlie Riley about how much he brought to Albion Rovers team, and rightly so. I mean, the amount of goals he scored, the amount of assists he had, it was off the top of my head, it was, it was the vast majority of the goals that Albion Rovers scored in the league. But Alex Ferguson did something reasonably similar for East Fife in terms of his loan spell last season. So he was on loan from St. Johnson. He's now went on loan to, to Queen of South. I didn't, ridiculously maybe, didn't think they'd miss his creativity quite as much. I still thought they had enough about that squad to to make up for his loss, but I they, they seem to be really struggling. They, they did have a, I mean, they did have a a wee bit of spell. Other, other than the the chance from Austin, they had a wee spell in the last kind of five ten minutes mm-hmm. where they're really putting Steny under pressure. Uh, and on another day, like if if that was against a team that didn't have a goalkeeper as good as Dan Jameson, then they would have got a point. And you would take that based on the balance of play, but ultimately they didn't. So I, I mean, I, th- I think they had a reasonably poor start to last season, and still done very well. Still got to playoffs, and, and I actually fancied them at the start of playoffs to, to potentially do very well during them. So I've not given up given up hope on them, but uh, I mean that, that's a really poor start to the season for them. Yeah, the the, the fullbacks looked like they were in trouble and. Steny had the wide players had the better of them the, for most of the game. Tough were saying so. I mean, if you're worried about the midfield and the fullbacks, and you're seeing the the goalies one of the worst in the country, <laughs> and you've got a striker, and you've got a striker who doesn't enjoy that, and, and they're slow midfield, and they're strikers <laughs> that can't take any chances. Other than that, the, I think they're going to be. But uh, Steny managed to put the bed the the game to bed with with a goal from 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 Adam Brown. Uh, with Bill Hemp pushed, uh, they they got him behind, teed up Adam Brown, and and he slotted at home. And Telfer said that was good because Meekin and Healy um, were having a bit of back and forth, but during it, but then after that, they ruffled these ruffled these hair, and they and everything was happy families. And a counter attacking goal right at the end of a game where it gets a bit worrying is 
is one of the one of the delights of being a, a football fan. I would say well, it's class because see if you are, see if you are celebrating your team going two 0 up in the ninety fourth minute, then you know you've won. Like you're not just celebrating a goal; you're celebrating a win. So that's how it like that's how it felt. You're celebrating you're celebrating three points rather than just going yeah. two 0 up. So it, it felt class. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, Sean, that was enjoyable. I think we we just about got there. Uh, Please don't worry, listeners. Telfer will be right back here next week, unless he gets a better offer again, of course. Uh, but um, you will, you will, you will be able to hear the golden nugget of the tennis Scottish football, the the lower league roundup next season with Craig Telfer and his close associate and friend Sean McGuigan. I hope you've enjoyed this little hiatus from Craig with with myself, Sean. Listen, it's been a wee change. I've found, found it very pleasant. And you know something? One of the last times we did a podcast, we managed to uh, ensure that our only sponsor uh, stopped sponsoring us. So I don't think we've done anything that will drive away sponsors, although we don't have any. So, so there we go. Yeah, we just get the general ones, I think, that come through because we're part of that sports podcast thing. I don't know. They, they choose the ads. Unlike through. the last time, we haven't driven away Green King. That's a positive, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I think Fowler said he got a free pint last day he was in Green King. Oh, he? he was singing Green King. It was, I don't know what the fucking problem was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's, it's a bloody it, laugh. It, it really was a non-McDonald uh, man-great moment. <laughs> yeah, we were we were having a good time and you and Rob came to my house suitably oiled, <laughs> if I remember. So uh, we had to delete and edit large parts of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so because <laughs> it wouldn't have went down well legally or uh, maybe even between each of us as individuals so thank God for thank God for that but I hope Telfer's had a great time at Tyne Castle laughing at hearts getting absolutely pumped by Pauk I don't know if that's actually happened yet let's find out Sean 1-0 uh, 1-0 mm-hmm. that's not not what I wanted to hear who scored first uh, hearts there was like two penalties in two minutes alright okay Okay, well, that's better if they were winning and they're not now. So all's well. All's, hopefully all's well that ends well and everyone gets leathered to bits in Greece next week. Um, so <laughs> but uh, yeah, Telford will be back next week and we'll get this all back up and running as normal. Me and Sean are going to quickly head over to Patreon where Sean's basically just going to give me shoot predictions for each of the three lower leagues. I'll go throw one in for the Scottish top flight. Um, hopefully people enjoy that. Will they? I don't know, but we will find out. <laughs> uh, but Sean, say goodbye to our fellow listeners. Goodbye, fellow listeners. <laughs> even though they're not fellow listeners, we're actually doing it. We're not listening goodbye, to listeners. it. It didn't even work. It didn't work. You'll get Telfer back with seamless links, charm, wit, and professionalism next week Here. when I can't even close out a, close out a podcast. But uh, yeah, thanks everyone. Goodbye. Podcast Network.